Hey, hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Refuge Today with me, your host, Jay Shakur. I am excited. I'm excited to be with you this time, this way. Um, we're doing our very, 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 very first live in terms of video uh, version or recording of this podcast. And I'm excited to be with you all today. Again, I am Jay Shakur. I am the host of Refuge Today, as well as another podcast entitled Changing the Narrative. It's entitled Changing the Narrative with me, of course, your host, Jay Shakur. I'm excited to be with you all. I'm excited to share in this time studying the Word of God together, breaking down Scripture, breaking down the Word of Almighty God. It's nothing like it. It's nothing like sharing. It's nothing like teaching is nothing like preaching is nothing like sharing the word of god i want to get more interactive as we go but before we get there i want to introduce a series that i want to do um uh, take it how you will um i feel it's needed i feel it's necessary at this moment at this time at the temperature that we're in in the country and in the church i felt led to do it i've been feeling led to do it rather for a very long time um, before we had a, a, an Ahmaud Arbery, before we had a, a, a sadly a George Floyd, I've been feeling led to do this. Um, not necessarily about this particular emphasis, but I've been feeling led to do it. I want to talk. I want this series, which is entitled "God and Country," is entitled "God and Country." I want to talk about race. I want to talk about um, different, if you will. Uh, angles of that in this podcast today in this edition in this episode today our very first our very very first refuge today video where we have the video component as well as we have the audio component which you can find on all major podcasting platforms with that being said with that being said i want to lay the foundation i want to lay the the core of what we're going to talk about today in acts chapter 17 acts chapter 17 uh we want to look at we want to look at verse 26. We want to start looking at verse 26 of Acts chapter 17. It should come up there on the screen. Acts chapter 17, verse beginning at verse 26. And this is speaking of, as we, as we get into this discussion about race, it's speaking of how God created us. Uh, this is Paul's sermon on Mars Hill. He's preaching on Mars Hill. And it's getting into how God, why God, how he created us. Acts chapter 17, beginning at verse 26, and has made, speaking of God, and has made one blood, has, and has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. I'm reading from the Expired Study Bible, so it has the notes embedded within the scripture. The note says, proclaims all having their origin in Adam, meaning all human beings, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from. You have your origin in Adam. You have your origin in Adam. Clear. I want that to be clear. As though he needed. It's continuing on with the verse. Excuse me. And has determined. The times before appointed. And the bounds of their habitation. The notes say pertains to the particular parts of the world. And those who occupy these areas. However. The statement. One blood. All nations of men. Eliminates any type of racial superiority. Hear me. This is the biblical response 
to racism. This is the biblical response to race. This is the biblical response to race. And it is that he is made of all. He has, and it is this. And he has made of one blood all nations. We live in different areas of the world. We live in different sections of the world. We have been we live in different times and different eras in the world. We have different ethnicities and backgrounds, but of one blood, all are descendants of two people, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Um, I want to play a clip from a great minister of the gospel. Uh, sad to say he's one of the few, one of the few I feel who is leading in this conversation. Um, it's an old clip, way before an Ahmaud Arbery, way before a George Floyd, way before a... a um, any incident that we can think of, it, it's been around a long time, I should say. It didn't just pop up out of the blue. Um, Body Bonchum, now I probably, I probably chopped his name, but I think he's leading in this conversation. I think he's leading in this space. I think he has something worth worth listening to. So I want to play this clip. It's about se about seven to eight minutes long. I want to play it. I want you to hear what he has to say as he introduces this idea of race and justice and how you've gotten it wrong in the church. Sad to say he's one of the few, if not the only, that I know of directly that is speaking this truth. I wish our megachurch pastors would. I wish those who, who have the voice, the altitude, and who have the reach would do it. But instead, they play it safe. So take a look at what, what Vadi Bontrom, I'm, I'm butchering his last name, what he has to say about it. I want us to understand that in the midst of all of this, in the midst of these discussions about um, social justice and race and sex and you know all these other things, at the end of the day, the question is, what does God say about us? What does God say about us? And is what God says about us sufficient? And when we start talking about who we are in Christ, when we start talking about our unity in Christ, our, our brotherhood and our relationships, do we believe that the Bible is sufficient in that regard? And one of the scariest things about all of this talk is that we're beginning to see a new hermeneutic develop. Where now sin is institutional as opposed to being in the heart of man. We're we're reading things differently here. And not only that, but we're starting to develop a new canon to where if you're not seeing things rightly on these issues, people are not saying you need to go to this text. They're saying you need to read Divided by Faith. You, you need to read Ta-Nehisi Coates. You need to read, right? If you're not getting this, then here's a list of books 
that you need to read in order to then be able to read the scriptures rightly as it relates to our unity with one another in Christ. That is a problem. Because I believe that the Bible is absolutely sufficient, not just inerrant, but absolutely sufficient for all matters of faith and practice. And how we deal with one another across ethnicities is a matter of faith and practice. The Bible is sufficient for that. Again, I am not arguing that we shouldn't read other things. I've quoted other things over the course of this weekend. But the Bible is sufficient. Let me put an even finer point on it. I worry when we begin to hear people say things that would suggest that I've had the Bible all this time and I've had relationships with brethren of different ethnicities all this time but it wasn't until I read this book that I finally understood God's heart on this issue of justice as it relates to race and ethnicity Mm. Mm -mm. that no no and, and and it's not even it's when I finally read this book and this book was an exposition of the, no when I read this sociology book and so now <laughs> we we've got sociology overriding and governing our theology. That's not okay. That is hugely problematic. Again, I'm not suggesting that we don't read sociology. I, one of my degrees is in sociology. We didn't have anyone to teach our sociology class and for our undergraduates at ACU and I, you know so for the last couple of years I've been teaching intro to sociology <laughs> by the way loving every minute of it because it is an incredible tool in understanding how worldview is shaped and how worldview has been co-opted because there are few things that have been more potent in driving our culture in certain directions antithetical to biblical truth than sociology. And so <clears throat> it is no coincidence that a lot of the texts that people are now referencing as our, our new canon, you know, one of, the, one, of the, one of the famous phrases, one of the phrases that you'll hear over and over again is, if someone is, <coughs> excuse me, on the wrong side of 
this debate on social justice, they need to do their homework. Meaning, here's a list of texts, most of them sociology text or some history text or whatever. They need to do their homework. They need to read these things. Then they'll understand. And <clears throat> when people are preaching something that is considered to be on the right side of this issue, they are lauded for having done their homework and for the number of books on the subject that they read before they got up and said ABC or XYZ. Do, do you see what's missing there? The text, the text, the text. Is the Bible sufficient? for racial reconciliation. And again, that, that's, the, that's the catchphrase. Racial reconciliation is the Bible. Can, can you and I sit down with our Bibles and achieve racial reconciliation? Or are there other texts and other ideas and other ideologies that have to inform our reading of the text in order for us to achieve justice and righteousness in this particular field. That's the question. Before we get into this, <clears throat> let me explain something to you. I, I believe in racial reconciliation. I have to because I believe the Bible. Amen? I, I, I have to believe that. And perhaps you, it would help you to know this about me. Um, we've been in Zambia for the last three and a half years. The last three and a half years, we've been in a church where most of the people look like us. Now, granted, we're foreigners, right? We're outsiders. Uh, but... Hear that. I want us to hear that. I want us to hear that clearly. I think he brings out some very, very, very important points. I think he talks about the, 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 the essential nature of the Bible. The essential nature of this thing we call the Bible. It's essential. Um, what we have in the modern church, I played that to show you a scriptural basis. This Bible gives us everything we need. The Bible gives us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. We don't need anything extra. We don't need anything uh, um, beyond that. It gives us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. Um, I'm going to go back to Acts chapter 17 and we're going to read verses 26 through 28. Acts chapter 17, we're going to read the entirety of verses 26 through 28. All right. Acts chapter 17, verses 26 through 28, it says, and again, I'm reading from the Expositor Study Bible. Uh, uh, it is a study Bible that has the scripture embedded in it. A study Bible that has the scriptural notes, I should say, embedded within the 
the scripture so it makes it easier. Acts chapter 17, verse 26. You want to read down to verse 28. I will read the text and the notes. It's just me. Um, starting at verse 26. And has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. Proclaims all having their origin in Adam. And has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Pertain to the particular parts of the world and those who occupy these areas. However, the statement, one blood, all nations of men, eliminates any type of racial superiority. Verse 27, that they should seek the Lord represents the chief end of all God's dealings with man. If haply they might feel after him and find him. Paul is appealing to the action of logic and common sense in trying to address these pagans. So he's on Mars Hill. He's addressing pagans. He says, you know what? You may have this disposition about Jews or about the Messiah has been as has been taught by the Jews and the Messianic prophets. But hear this. He says that they should seek the Lord. He's appealing to the logic. If happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from everyone of us speaks of the creator being very close to his creation. Verse 28, for in him we live and move and have our being that's that proclaims as it does in hebrews 1 3 that god is and it proclaims god as the source of all life as certain also of our of your own poets have said for we are also his offspring presents a direct quote from the from artists of taurus of tarsus excuse me paul's own country so he's so he's here appealing to them He's appealing to their their logic, if you will. He's saying God has made of one blood all nations. Yes, he's given us our different countries, our different lands, but he has made us of one blood all nations. I want to establish at the offset of this that there's one race, the human race. There's one race, the human race. You must come, if, you, if you're coming from a biblical standpoint as it regards race and what God has to say about it, you must come from that standpoint that there's one race, the human race. All else is all else is the teaching of man. It all else is not supported by this book. There's one race, the human race. Different cultures, different ethnicities, but there's one race, the human race. So we argue over the social construct of race when in actuality, if we want to get technical, the only difference between me and the white man down the street or me and I don't know, John Travolta, I don't know. The only difference between me and him is the level of melanin in our skin. So the issue becomes we begin to argue, argue social constructs of secular social construct created by created by the minds of demented men. We begin to argue social constructs of who's better based on the level of melanin in their skin. Do we see that? Do we hear that? We're one race, the human race. Many nations, many ethnicities, many cultures. When we leave that premise, we get into foolishness. We get into false doctrine. We begin to do things like Bethel. Oh yeah, this is that type of video. <laughs> 
because it, it's it's too many weak, whiny Christians who don't know anything about the Bible. They may know something about a sociology book. They may know something about a, 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 a psychology book, but they know nothing about theology. They know nothing about this book we call the Bible. And so he began to do things like Bethel. Here's Bethel's solution to racism. Take a look. Before I play this clip, it's so. it would be funny if it wasn't so sad. Instead of taking the time to teach this book, instead of taking the time to stand up and be the church, this is what Bethel, a large church, decides to do. Take a look. We're going to do some binding and loosening. And one of the things that I've learned in the last maybe around 10 years, that apostles have authority to make the decrees and declaration. And um, it's something that God gives. And I've seen it work in so many practical ways. Well, Pastor Marlene got a prophetic vision right before this event, and she saw us doing a prophetic act that was going to be very, very historic. So thank you for hanging in there and staying with us, but I believe that this is a very crucial time. So why don't you share your vision, then we'll do the apostolic decree. Amen. Okay, so I am an artist. I told you this. One of the movies that has really touched my heart is Lord of the Rings. Now, everybody understands, if you know Lord of the Rings, everybody understands what's in my hand. Everybody understands what's in my hand. And during this process, I've been asking God, show me the act. Show me the act. Let me understand what you were saying. And when Pastor Bill started speaking, I saw the father's heart just opening his arms. Opening his arms. And then when Papa Che came forward, I saw the Christ and the sacrifice he did with the Korean community and with the black community during the LA riots. And then when I heard Ed, Pastor Ed speak, I heard what happened with the ecclesia. The ecclesia being the tool of the Holy Spirit, active in the community. And then I heard Pastor, Pastor Terry coming and speaking for the African American community. And I heard myself speak why he asked me to do that. Normally, it would only be scriptures. But the Lord told me I needed to repent for the participation I had with the racist spirit in America. So I'm going to ask us right now to all grab a hold of this in our hand. Every single one of us. But from the Father right here, we are going to lift the staff. And we will command the spirit not only to leave, but he shall not pass. Now, if you heard what Apostle Savosa said, he said that you need to oil your door. So I encourage you, if you haven't done this in the proper order, you must put oil in your door and then go in front and repeat this act with us. That the spirit of racism may leave your house, whether you participated as a victim or as someone who did it. We all did it. For a country to be where it is right now, we all did it. But we will say together, no more, no more, no more. So on the count of three. Oh, I'm sorry. We have to sit. Well, two things. I think it's important for you to share the vision of Gandalf, putting the stake down because that... Oh, okay. 
So for those of you who didn't see the movie, so this happens in the fellowship. In the fellowship of the ring. In the fellowship of the ring, at some point, Gandalf stands up and he is in the middle of this, this tomb type of place. And the demon that's been holding court there has, has killed everyone, pretty much, that used to live there. It was the dwarves. He's killed them all. And at, when the demon comes after Gandalf, even the demons flee. The demons flee. They start climbing the walls. And out of nowhere, Gandalf realizes the only thing that will stop this demon is if he stands there and confronts it. Toe to toe, eye to eye, and tells him, this is the line. And the demon is in full authority, in full manifestation of its presence. It's just roaring in front of Gandalf. And Gandalf stands in his authority in front of the demon and says it. The first time he hits it and it doesn't happen. The second time, Gandalf does it again. And still the demon is not obeying. And at the third time, Gandalf puts both of his hands on the staff. And he said, I said, and he hits it. And that authority is what we are talking about that can only be released by an apostolic decree. The authority must be given. And that's why I revealed what we heard tonight. So is that clear? So please stand up with us. So if you can stand because you're standing in authority, because you're all kings and priests. And all of us, we're an apostolic people. So as an apostolic team with the authority that God's given to us, we decree and declare that racism will end. It's over in the ecclesia from this night forward in Jesus' mighty name. Let's lift it up and bang it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, give him a praise over. Amen. 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 I'm sorry, we did it twice. We need one more. One more. We need you to agree with us. Okay. On the count of three. On three. Shout with us. One, two, three. Thou shalt not pass. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, remain where you are and all over the world watch. What you just heard or what you just watched is all foolishness. It's not biblical in any sense of the word. Um, I, I, I never thought that would be acceptable. In the church I never thought it would um, But that's where we've come Because when you don't know the Bible When you don't teach the Bible When you don't preach the word of God You get off into Error like that You begin to pontificate and push stupidity like that. Now, no disrespect to the people on the stage. I don't know them personally. But 
Show me that in the Bible. You're probably older than me. Well, that more wisdom. Here's what the Bible says. We talked about how this one race, the human race. We talked about how God has created one race, the human race. Yes, he's given us our different countries, our different boundaries. Yes, there's many different ethnicities and different cultures. We get that. We understand that. We teach that. We taught that. We just explained that. But you see how you can get into error and this falsehood when you're, when the Bible is not your foundation. Do we see that? Let's go to Galatians. I want to go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. I want to read verses 26 through 28. Galatians chapter 3. It says, and I'll read the notes as well. For you are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ or in Christ Jesus. The notes say every person who is saved and every person who has been, who has ever been or ever will be saved is saved only by faith in Christ Jesus, which refers to what he did at the cross. Verse 27, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, refers to baptism into the death at Calvary, Calvary, as spoken of in Romans 6, 3 through 5. This, the reference is not of, not to water baptism, have put on Christ means to be clothed in Christ. This is the born again experience. 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. We could say in terms of the United States of America today, in the terms of the United States of America today, there is neither black nor white. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. Meaning all have a common all have a common life in Christ Jesus. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. This proclaims the end of all class, status, and social distinction. This phrase alone answers all racism. In Christ. And in Christ alone. Hear me. In Christ. And in Christ alone. Is there true. Remedy true refuge and a true solution to racism we made the first point that there's one race human race now what is racism racism is a heart issue it's a sin issue it goes deeper than the skin it's a sin issue it's a heart issue for you to be white and hate black people simply because they're black for you to be black and hate white people simply because they're white for you to be this race and to hate to be German, for instance, and let's go back to Hitler days and hate Jews just simply because they're Jews. For you to hate a particular group of people based on a social construct of race when there's one race, the human race, shows us that there's a hard issue. And the only true, the only real, the only honest, the only full solution to that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not as you probably listened to in that video, in that in that audio, if you watch, if you listen to the podcast or watched, if you watch on YouTube, not banging a stick on the ground three times. That's not the solution to racism. That's how far we go when we do not take this book for what it says. The solution to racism 
We talked about this nation. We talked about what we believe this nation is. We talked about what we believe this nation is going. We talked about what we think is going on in this nation. Uh, in the last two episodes, we talk, we re- looked at Isaiah chapter 1 and where this nation is in terms of its morality and what I believe God, what's on God's heart concerning this nation. And if we go even deeper in Isaiah chapter 1, going back to Isaiah chapter 1, God lays out the sin of the nation. I believe it's applicable to the church and the nation. As I said in the last episode, judgment must first begin in the house of God. As the church goes, as the house of God goes, so goes the nation. If we have what's going on in Bethel, going on in the house of God, what do you think is going to go on in the nation? Hear me. I know it's not popular to say. But if what go what banging a stick on th- on the cr- on the floor three times to solve racism, if that's what's going on in the house of God, what does the world? What hope does the world have? That's not the gospel. It's not the gospel. We talked about the sin of the nation. We laid that out as we went through Isaiah chapter one, the first few verses, the first ten or eleven verses. But it's key. God pivots around verse sixteen. I want to read it. I'll read some of the notes, not all of the notes. I'm, again, I'm using sponsored, but I don't have it to put on the screen. So you just have to bear with me and read with me. But but it is here. It is here that God pivots and he begins to he begins to say what happened, declare the sin that he saw in the land, and he begins to make his demands. He says, wash you, Isaiah 1, 16, wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from my before my eyes cease to do evil learn to do well seek judgment relieve the oppressed judge the fatherless plead for the widow verse 18 come now let us come now and let us reason together says the lord though your sins be as scarlet they shall be as white as snow though they be like though they be red like crimson they shall be as Whoa. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Hear me. I want to read the notes there. The notes say, there is no greater invitation found in the Bible than this one given by the Holy Spirit through the prophet Isaiah. In this passage, sins are spoken of as scarlet. Again, Racism is a sin issue. In this passage, sins are spoken of as scarlet, such has reference to the blood guiltiness. All sin is murder in some form, hence the blood guiltiness. This glorious passage illustrates to us the eternal truth that irrespective of the evil, wickedness, deception, hate, or the weight of sin, the Lord stands ready upon proper confession and repentance to forgive all and therefore to cleanse all as stated this is done exclusively by faith in jesus christ faith in christ and his shed blood hear me hear me hear me hear me that's the gospel that's the answer to racism when the bible ceases to be our basis we go off into we go off into foolishness Ephesians chapter 2 I wasn't going to do it but I'm going to do it Ephesians chapter 2 Ephesians chapter 2 Ephesians chapter 2 
I wasn't going to do it. Y'all hear me turning pages because I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to do it now. Ephesians chapter 2. We can begin. I want to look at verses. We can begin at verse 13. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh, brought near by the blood. For he, speaking of Christ, is our peace because of what he did at the cross, who has made both one that speaks of both Jews and Gentiles, that speaks of, if we want to use the technical term today, black and white, who has made both, who, he, for he is our peace. He established the peace for who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. The middle wall of partition, this what would separate us culturally, what would separate us uh, in our different identity, what would separate us because we may have hate in our heart, whatever that may be. He has broken down that middle wall of partition. This is the Bible. I'm reading the Bible. Having abolished in the flesh the enmity, even the law and the commandments contained in the ordinances, make him make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. And that he, Christ, might reconcile both both Jews and Gentiles, black or white, whoever you are, unto God in one body that speaks of the church, by the cross, having slain the enmity or the, 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 the friction thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were far off, and to them who are near. The solution to racism is the gospel. There's one race, the human race. Many cultures, many ethnicities, many different nations and countries. But there's one race, the human race. Until we understand that we are all more alike than we are different because of those facts. There's one race, the human race. We will always be susceptible to racism, bigotry, prejudice, and discrimination. We have to get back to this book. Let me hold it up. We have to get back to this book. We have to get back to the Bible. We have to get back to the word of God. The gospel, the message of the cross, the message of Jesus Christ and him crucified. We have to get back to it. If we don't, we end up doing stupidity like Bethel. I'm sorry. I, I, I hate to be the one to, to point or to seem like I'm pontificating or to seem as if I'm, I'm, I'm pushing a certain type of narrative, but we have to be those people. We have to preach the gospel. We have to preach the gospel. We have to. That's the only solution to the sin issue. Number two, racism is a sin issue. It can only be dealt with by a change of heart. Not a social program. Not even legislation. By a change of heart. Hope this blessed you. Hope this helped you. Hope this gave you some perspective on race and what God has to say about race. He has something to say about everything. And as Christians, what he has to say should need should be the foundation upon which we start. That's it. What God has to say about everything should be the foundation upon which we start. Not what some sociologist, not what some psychologist, not what some uh, uh, professor has to say. It should be the word of God, what God has to say. 
Guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I hope this blessed you. I hope this helped you. Share with the friend. Share with your friends. We are available. The audio version of this is available on all major podcasting platforms as well. As well, you can watch the actual video of this on my YouTube page, J Shakur Media. God bless you. Hope this helped you. Share, share, share. God bless you. God loves you. I love you. I will I will be back again. Again and again, I love teaching the word of God. I love, I love sharing the word of God. I will do more of that. I will do this until I die. God bless you. If you'd like to learn more about Jay Shakur, please, 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 please email me at jwanshakur at gmail.com. If you'd like to know more about myself anything everything i got going on go to my website jshakurshow.com that's j-a-y-s-h-a-k-u-r show.com jshakurshow.com